The Reality Podcast. Real conversations about life, love, and business. With me, Jason Ree. This is The Reality. Welcome to another episode of The Reality Podcast. Um, we are doing a special late night, Friday night edition. We have Sarah Koval here, founder and creative director of Sarah Koval Events. Um, she's a new friend of mine in the wedding and event industry, and we shared a very special bond in December. <laughs> we both got COVID, COVID in Bahamas. Um, another super mom and wifey. She has an experience in luxury properties such as the Breakers Hotels in Palm Beach, Florida, and the Four Seasons Hotel in Boston. Sarah Colville Events launched in 2015. I am so excited that she's visiting here in Los Angeles from Boston today uh, or tonight. So thank you for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me. Are I'm you excited. scared? I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Don't be nervous. Um, we are currently sipping on some bubbles. Mm-hmm. And um, I just wanted to kind of start off the interview by asking you, as somebody who's you know been in this street for a long time, do you think planning is more exciting than being on property? Yes. Yes? Well, <clears throat> I guess both are exciting for different reasons. You know, working for a venue, you see a lot of things go yeah. down. Um, <laughs> I have really great stories from the breakers. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm probably not allowed to talk Did about them. Did you ever them. sign an NDA with the no. breakers? Well, then I think you're allowed to say. No, we and- used to like switch to the security channel to hear what was going on because oh, sometimes seriously? it got kind of fun. Ooh. But planning, I think, is interesting in the sense where everything's different every time. Yeah. You know, it can get very like, you know, formulaic with like a venue where you're doing kind of the same thing every weekend but okay so you know can you can you share one of the craziest things you heard on that security (laughs) security (laughs) so i started my career at the breakers as a banquet manager so i was running parties yeah if if you don't know what a banquet manager does what what do you do so a banquet manager essentially runs the party okay so you turn up the day of turned up you get the you get the BEO, which stands for Banquet Event Order, you have your staff that comes in, um, and the, it's very <clears throat> well run there, you know, you know, so, <laughs> so, but we're shutting down parties. We're there yeah. the whole time. We're there till the bitter end. You know, we're kind of seeing everything. And I remember one night, <laughs> the, I, I had a wedding in the Venetian ballroom, which is Ooh, a big ballroom overlooking Venetian the, ballroom. yep, overlooking the water. And somebody gave me the heads up, like, hey, switch over to security. So I switched my radio over to security to hear what was going on. And some guy, I taken the elevator down with no pants on, like Donald Duck style. Don't tell people about that. (laughs) That was me. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like a whole thing. They Donald Ducked. They Donald Ducked. They Donald Ducked from their guest room down to... Was there no pants and underwear or no? Just just completely commando. Commando, free ball in. Yeah. Great. So uh, that I, happened. Can we find that footage? No, you don't, probably don't want to. <laughs> I mean, speak for yourself. Not all of us are married to a beautiful hubby. It was long ago. <laughs> we won't but. tell your husband. <laughs> um, speaking of your husband, your husband is a chef, mm-hmm. and you both had a business together in 2011? We still have that. Oh, great. Um, <clears throat> so that cha-ching, survived insert the, the pandemic. Sound. Thank goodness. Um no, we actually met working at the Four Seasons in ah. Boston, and then we survived the 2008-9 Ooh, the, crash. Yeah, um, that was right when we were getting married, actually. And 
he got laid off along with the entire fine dining restaurant team oh right gosh. before our wedding about two weeks beforehand yeah two weeks before your wedding mm-hmm. so they be- decided so deposits are f- final balances yep. are in uh, we've booked like this really expensive honeymoon to france like the oh whole thing oh my gosh so they laid him off they shut down aujourd'hui which is the fine dining restaurant aujourd'hui Aujourd'hui. Shout out to Aujourd'hui. So he was the chef de cuisine of the Aujourd'hui. And he had been kind of thinking about starting his own restaurant anyway. So he just kind of decided like, all right, this is the kick in the pants. This is, this is what I'm going to do. Amazing. I stayed at the hotel for another year, um, you know, planning weddings. It was kind of like tricky at first because I actually had, they turned that space into event space. Oh. So I had to now sell that space. Oh, wow. Which was a little weird, but yeah. It all worked out. Um, and then we opened the restaurant and I left the hotel to help him open the restaurant. And then I had a bunch of babies. So now you are a restaurateur. Is that what I'm, that's called? It is. Oh, a restaurateur. I was heavily involved in the beginning, but I'm, yeah. you know, obviously not anymore. Yeah. So. Okay. So you had, how many kids do you have? Three. Three. Now I don't, I, I do want to jump back a little bit. So when what was your first job ever like what was your first paycheck that's a question i ask all my guests oh i was like 14 and very keen on making my own money because i wanted to be she liked the money in charge i didn't want to rely on anybody else yeah it was actually selling magazines so this is going to date me so i got a job selling magazines like by calling phone numbers (laughs) by calling (laughs) phone numbers that they gave me a list of sitting in a room with people that could sit at the desks and smoke cigarettes like this was like 1992 three i don't it was smoking cigarettes indoors indoors back then oh Mm -hmm. my god i was like the youngest by 25 years yeah and I sold magazines, and I think people bought them for me because, like, a child was basically calling them, <laughs> <laughs> asking them to subscribe to, like, whatever People magazine or something. Do you have your spiel still? Like, do you remember what, Well, it was, like, like a printed-out piece of paper oh, that I had script. to read from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember it? No. <laughs> it was, like, a hundred <laughs> years ago. What's funny about... Okay, I'm a little triggered because uh, in middle school, I was... I also had to slang magazines for a fundraiser. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, like, we used to have, like, book orders and stuff, but we also used to have a magazine drive. And uh, I really wanted to go to Disneyland, and that was one of, like, the Mm -hmm. top-tier prizes. And my best friend at the time, his name was, I think, Jose, Mm -hmm. he uh, was, like, selling so many magazines. So he was, like, hitting all the tiers. And I was like, yes. I was like, and then he was like, (laughs) I want you to come to Disneyland with me. So if you can come to Disneyland with me, that'd be amazing. And it's, like, a limo to Disneyland. It was, like, a full-blown, like, yeah, like a like a bachelor like date or whatever and but um, <laughs> i was totally in the closet and i'm pretty sure jose was not well actually i think jose is gay but anyways so jose if you're listening <laughs> i know if you can call in that'd be amazing but um he gave me a bunch of magazine orders to submit so that i can join him in oh, disneyland so sweet. so sweet until i got a call from the principal oh no and i was called into the office and i think her name was miss sepulveda R.I.P. Miss Sepulveda. She's not dead, but she's dead oh, to me. She is. She's dead to me. But um, she called me in and she asked me, she said, uh, where did you get these magazine orders? And I was like, I can't tell you. Because <laughs> I instantly knew at that young of an age that there was something clearly wrong with mm-hmm. these orders. Turns out, Jose had gone through the phone book of the school. 
and put random addresses and random phone numbers as orders. Oh no! Jose. And one of the people that they that she put he put in the list was a friend of the pr- the principal that had moved, <laughs> and so she, that's how she found out. And she said, "I remember her being like, I'm very disappointed in you." Oh. That doesn't actually work. Yeah, I mean, it did work at that time. It did? No, maybe not. Um, but I remember feeling proud of myself that I wasn't a rat mm-hmm. and, a, and a, nit, a, a niche. Snitch? A snitch. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, long story short, that that's that was, we both had kind of worked in magazines. I got it. That's amazing. That was my first job and I quit and they called my mom to ask me to come back because I sold more <laughs> magazines than like the 50 year old that was like smoking cigarettes next to me. Now, did you subscribe to Seventeen Magazine? I did. Okay, so did yeah. I. Not really. My sister did and I would glance at it in the bathroom. Of course. Um, okay, so fast forward to now. Yep. You are crushing in the wedding and event space. Thanks. Um, I got to meet you at Engage and it was in Bahamar. It was mm-hmm. fabulous. I had so much fun. And I think I met you on the first night. Well, we met at the thing the before. Bar. Remember? We went to the fam beforehand. Oh, that's right. I totally blocked out. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the COVID fever yeah, does. Yeah, that's, that's part of the COVID. Uh, shout out to Rosewood. Yeah, that was um, amazing, actually. The property is beautiful. It really was beautiful. And um, we were lucky enough to be invited mm-hmm. to go to this phenomenal fam. And we had so much fun. And I just remember, you know, feeling intimidated when I first saw you. Really? Yeah. You have an intimidating presence. You have a powerful oh. presence. You know, You've never heard that before? I mean... I have. <laughs> well, I don't understand it because I feel yeah. like I'm not like that. Well, that's the beautiful thing is, you know, as soon as you opened and you, you opened your mouth and you smiled with your beautiful smile, Aww. I was like, oh, You're my so God, sweet. we were having so much fun. So everyone that like I met that hadn't known me before, I thought you and I have been friends for like 20 years. Oh, that's right. It's so funny. We just got we just got along so well. I know. And little did we know we were all just breeding. COVID. <laughs> we were just spraying COVID all around. I mean, to, you know, to kind of put it out there, we all were tested. We were all tested. We're all vaccinated. We're all vaccinated. All the things. We did all the things right, but it was right as, you as know. As Omicron was yep. surging. Mm-hmm. And we had, you know, and again, I think to be very clear, um, <laughs> it wasn't just engaged that was there. It was a huge yeah. resort. Yeah. There's three different properties connected to a casino. And, you know, I may have gone into a Tons slot of machine. People. Tons of people. Um, but we definitely had the best time. But Honestly, the the thing that got us through the COVID thing was what we when we kind of we started a little group, a little support group called Positive <laughs> Vibes. <laughs> I wanted to put Positive Vibes only, but I had a feeling that somebody would screenshot it and that we'd all go to jail or we'd all go to like social right. social media jail. Um, but uh, how how hard was it to be away from your family and your kids or like during your quarantine? I mean, I felt guilty just because of the timing. It was like right before Christmas. So my story is I did not get trapped in Bahamar because I tested negative to leave, which you need to do to go back to the States, of course. And, you know, I felt fine. And then as I'm flying home, I kind of start feeling like a little like cold symptom-ish. And I was like, oh no. So I landed in New York. I took a rapid, it instantly turned positive. I was traveling with our friend who also took one. It was negative. Yeah. And, um, but we decided we're like, oh, we've been together the whole time. Like, obviously we all must have COVID. So. We were calling each other. Like, I mean, we were calling and texting just like, 
I think constantly, constantly. like I think 24 seven, it was correct. Well, I mean, if you can't talk to anybody else, yeah. you're trapped in like quarantine, like what else are you going to do? Totally. So I quarantined in my house. I have, I'm lucky enough to have the space to do that. It's essentially my office. Um, and it was, I just felt guilty Yeah. because it was a couple days before Christmas and I was yeah. just hoping that I would test negative before Christmas, which I did. Yeah. So. Do you get mom guilt a lot? I feel like all moms get mom guilt. Yeah. That's something that I think is a male privilege that we don't understand. I think. Maybe. Yeah. So here's the conundrum with being a parent. And I think it applies to men too. It's like, you love your kids so much, but they're really annoying and you can't (laughs) wait to get away from them (laughs) and have the chance just to be alone and like be an adult. But as soon as you do that, you're like, oh, I miss my kids. And you start looking at pictures of them. Well, there's like a thing called Chung in Korean, which is essentially like, it's essentially like feeling a sense of like deep empathy for something. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like there's obviously a connection you have with your kids because they're of course. your kids. Yeah. But I always find it so fascinating when I talk to my mom friends because, again, like the amount of dedication you have to be a mom, but then also to show up for work and show up to your partner and do all those things is fascinating to me. Well, I think that, you know, that for me at least, it was initially when I had my daughter, because I have three kids, my daughter's the oldest, it was really trying to understand like, oh, I'm still a person outside of being a mother and, you know, really finding that balance. And I find work really helps me in that realm. And right now, how many, how many, how big is your team? It's just me. Mm -hmm. And then I have a couple of people that I work with consistently to help me with essentially day of. Yeah. And solopreneurship, do you identify with that phrase? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something that I recently thought about and I'm I'm wanting to talk about more is kind of this, the solo spiral that we go through. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've ever felt this, but like I, and maybe it's because I am overly empathetic to my clients and my couples, but I feel deep guilt all the time in the during the planning process regardless of if it's my fault or not my fault and it's rarely my not my fault because <laughs> i'm a great planner um <laughs> but even if it's, it's not like a budgetary issue where they yeah you know and i get an in like i get a proposal from like somebody and i'm like oh shit You're like, like oh dear yeah how the fuck i'm gonna present this yeah. to the couple yeah. um do you feel that i do and i i attribute it to my hospitality background yes. of like never saying no and like yes. growing up in this environment that you have to answer like it's very corporate you have to answer the phone before the third ring and you have like all these like you have all these things that you have to do you can't it's funny because William's the same my husband's the same way like he will never sit down in the restaurant if guests are in there it's just like this corporate training that you get as a young you know young pup yeah essentially but I do feel that. That's funny that you do too. I mean, and that's the thing that I wish we talked about more because, you know, as I'm, you know, we talk about winning through the woes and we talk about like, I know that behind closed doors, a lot of us in the wedding industry will talk about some of the challenging clients, mm-hmm. you know, the HWCs, the mm-hmm. handle with cares. <laughs> um, but I feel like we call them C9s. Ooh, C9s. What stands C9? for cunts. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting something like... Nope. That's restaurant lingo right there. It's down and C9? dirty. C9? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that was a term. It is a C9. If you ever see your name, if you yeah. like can glance, if you're at a restaurant Ooh. and it says C9 in the notes, that's bad. If, if there are some C9s listening right now, if you can just <laughs> log right off. Um, that's interesting. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. I mean, and so did you, did you ever work in a restaurant like waiting yeah. tables? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so I feel like that's another part that maybe adds to the the, the eternal guilt yeah. of of what we feel for our clients. So I just I I think that's something that I I, I just wish more of us talked about because. Uh, we really do give a shit. We really we do. do care about what we do. And I think that's really the only way you can be a successful wedding or event planner in, yeah. in this industry right now is you have to really care. And I'm sure you saw it. You saw the spike of when uh, weddings became a trend. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember the PR girl spike? Yeah. When there was like a show about PR and things sure. like that. And now I feel like we experienced that kind of like that in the wedding industry. If you weren't planning weddings and events, what do you think you'd be doing? I probably... So I'm in my 40s, so I feel like I kind of came up during this time, like at least in Boston, in my market, where I was working at the Four Seasons and <clears throat> there weren't a lot of wedding planners. Yeah. There weren't, there, it yeah. was not a big thing, like you're saying. Like yeah. The stupid we, I mean, we didn't have social movie media. didn't come out yet and yes. like all the things. So definitely I, I've seen that evolution. But also like when I think back to that question that you just asked me, when I was growing up and going through school and like you went you know, to like the guidance counselor and they told you like what the job <laughs> options like, were. You're going to be a magazine salesperson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were very like a nurse, a teacher, like they were still very traditional. And yeah. I feel like if I had known or if I had grown up now versus when I grew up in the nineties, yeah. I probably would have gone to like art school. Oh, really? Yeah. And you know, whether, whether it's like graphic design or, you know, oh, something like that, nice. like that's kind of what I'm drawn to. Yeah. Like, I think the design portion of my job is my favorite. That's favorite part. Yeah. yeah. I think that's mine too. I, I think that people think that that is all we do. No. Yeah. No. There's it, a lot of boring spreadsheets. A lot and things of, not you, even boring, but, but monotonous yes. and terribly stressful <laughs> yes. parts. Of, there of really planning. are. And yeah. it's like, that's something that I learned as a skill. It's not, doesn't come naturally to me. It's just, I learned that yeah. working for corporate, corporate yeah, hotel corporate groups because yeah. I had to, um, be very organized and like understand it from that side. Yeah. And I think that's something that served me really well, actually working as a banquet manager, particularly, I yeah. always say, like, if someone comes to me, they're like 21 and they're like, oh, I'm going to school for like wedding planning. I'm like, that's great. But like, go get a job as like an assistant banquet manager. Go wait tables, go be a bartender, go understand like the actual operations. Yes. Because if you don't get that part, you're not going to be successful. Yeah. You can't, you're not a good planner. Well, like if you don't understand the operation. I, I mean, I used to, when I used to work at this big restaurant here in Los Angeles called the Bazaar, mm-hmm. um, shout out to all the Bazaar people in there, <laughs> out there. Um, I used to always call it the Titanic because I knew every night that we were going to hit an iceberg. Oh yeah. And I now look for the band. I'm looking for the band. Mm-hmm. I want to find the people that are continuing to play while, you know, people are screaming and getting on the lifeboats. And, and so I kind of feel like that's the kind of community that I'm trying to build. What really gets you through the stressful moments for you in terms of planning and, and solopreneurship, you know, being a wifey, being a super mom, like what, what is, how do you unplug? How do you relax? I feel like the thing that I got out of COVID was this really great group of friends in the industry. Mm. It's just timing kind of all worked out where I went to a fam trip and People don't, whoever doesn't know what a fam trip is, it's essentially like a familiarization trip Mm. that somebody plans on behalf of a venue to kind of showcase the venue. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, I went to one in the Berkshires at this really beautiful property thrown by this amazing photographer. um, And, you know, we 
just kind of like all clicked. Mm. And then there was one other thing before everything shut down and like just kind of like this group of friends that we all kind of knew each other in the industry, but like it just kind of, I don't know, like became more solidified over COVID because, you know, we were each other's support group. And true. Yeah. It's funny because during that, that, um, fam trip is her name is Danny Klein Williams. She's a photographer in Jenny New York. Klein and, Williams. Yeah. Hi. Hi, you better Danny. be listening. Follow us <laughs> um, anyway, she, her what, one thing that she said when she stood up at dinner was like, I really in 2020, yeah. <laughs> I want to focus on working with people I genuinely like. I don't yeah. want to just fill my calendar. I want to work with people who are like minded, who have the same values in the sense of like the kind of work that they want to produce, etc. And I remember leaving that going like, oh, wow, that's like that really resonated with me. Yeah. And then you know, everything shut down and yeah. things kind of we, shit hit the fan. But what came out of that was this really great group of friends. And I've definitely had like meltdown moments where I'm like, am I losing my mind? Am yeah. I a horrible planner? Am yeah, I yeah. awful at my job? And I'll call one of them or text yeah. them. Is this a text thread? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've been trying to get into this text group since December. <laughs> I'm going to have to keep tap dancing my way throughout the year oh. to try to get in this group. But that's so good because, I, and, and again, like I think, the beauty of 2020 was that we all yeah. had this moment to reflect and take a break, even though we really didn't expect it or want it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like, and again, we can't really talk about 2020 without talking about the major things that's happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. The wedding industry was really impacted financially. We saw this huge movement of, you know, black wedding professionals mm-hmm. coming from Boston and where you live. Do you feel like there was a big conversation around that with the wedding industry that you're in? Sure. And how do you feel like it kind of, um, did it change your perspective at all? Like, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know how it, you could live through that and it not change your yeah. perspective. You'd be shocked. There are people out there that... <laughs> no, it's just, you know, as a white woman, you know, it's not something that, like, that I personally have to walk through. Yeah, You know, totally. it's just more um, eye-opening to me, that, you know, hearing other people's stories. And I think that's the experience of a lot of people that are in the same shoes as me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that it definitely started conversations that yeah. maybe people were afraid to have before. Yeah. Um, but 2020 definitely was a game changer yeah, in so many it, it ways. It really was. But like in a good way too. Yeah. While we were going through it, it was scary and it sucked yeah. because we didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. But now that I feel like we're kind of on the other side, yeah. I got a lot out of it. Me, I mean, I, again, I, I think, you know, I met my podcast producer during that time as well and I really feel like you know, shout out to Brian Skyhawk Radio. Um, I really feel like it really took some sort of big monumental mm-hmm. moment to kind of create that pause for all of us. And now, you know, being on the other side of it, I kind of wish we could go back. Oh my God, I say that all the time. I'm like, like I wish I, I, I knew. Mean, and again, I love all my couples. Like I know Sarah <laughs> loves all of her couples. Like we love everybody. But I, I, a part of me does kind of miss... That, that time to be still. Now, with your kids, mm-hmm. I've noticed that a lot of times people are talking about how social interaction changed for children at the time. So mine are little. Yeah. So they're now, my daughter's nine. I have identical twin boys that are six. Oh my gosh. Those so, are the ones that I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm all your kids, actually. I'm trying to, if when I, re- I might retire soon <laughs> and I want to become a, a kid's agent. And I, I, okay. I think you're, those, those kids are going to be my three first clients. Perfect. Great. Great. They can start <laughs> pulling their weight. 90% to me, 10% to them. It's industry standard. <laughs> well, I definitely have heard that before about like kids being affected. Yeah. Um, but mine were, mine were little. So yeah. it, it, I think it affected more like middle schoolers and high schoolers yeah. versus 
little elementary school kids. Yeah. I enjoyed that summer. So I'm from Massachusetts and I live in Boston, but I grew up in Western Massachusetts and split my time in Huntington Beach, California. That's right. So it's kind of weird. But anyway, my mom, my brother and my sister are still in the Berkshires, which is beautiful. It's very rural. It's close to New York City. So it's kind of like an escape for a lot of New Yorkers, but it's very bucolic. Um, What's bucolic mean? Like very like, think of like, I don't know. The like English countryside Ooh, kind of vibes, gorgeous. just pretty, yeah, um, and just a different pace, yeah. So that summer we rented a house out there and it had a pool because we're like, what the hell else are we gonna do? Yeah, yeah. So we rented a house for the whole summer That's and we so just spent fun. the whole summer out in the Berkshires. We had like our friends up from New York and like it was it was great. <clears throat> but my kids had what I called a 1980s summer. They oh. had no activities. Like yeah. they grew up. They spent that summer how I. Spent my summers summers. as a kid, riding their bikes aimlessly, just going outside. Like maybe now and then. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I love that. Going outside and just playing. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I thought it was actually like a good thing. That's that's awesome. I think that's so good. And like, you know, I think now that we're not in the pandemic and we are working our asses off. Yeah. um, What do you think is one of the biggest misconceptions about you? as a person, like oh. as a, as a, as a human. Well, I mean, you said I was intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't think I'm intimidating. I'm just brutally honest. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of like, don't pretend if I don't like someone. Yeah. I'm just very straightforward. Well, and that's actually really, that's something that's very interesting too, is cause again, I think, you know, like, have you heard of love bombing recently? Love bombing, yes. I'm I've like, seen the so, memes. Yeah, can you, can you, like, for anyone that doesn't know what love bombing is, because I still don't know if I really I mean, fully know what it means. <clears throat> I kind of get it. I was is a psychology like, major. Oh, like, there yes. we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want me to lay down? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Should you get a notepad? <laughs> I don't know. I think Freud's full of shit. But I... love. Okay, so love bombing is when someone probably has, like, either an attachment issue or they like have low self-esteem and like they'd I'm be right here after <laughs> and you you know enter a relationship and it's just like oh my gosh this person's the best thing ever like yeah <clears throat> picture a girl that all of a sudden like likes football or something yeah, you yeah, know yeah, like yeah, yeah. that kind of a got it so adjusting vibe. your character and things to Correct. try to con- like yeah. bait people into yeah loving you yeah i'm literally right here <laughs> <laughs> no that's um okay so i feel like i feel like I, I, I'm getting better with not being, not being fake in the sense that I don't think I'm ever really fake in the sense that like, um, if I hear somebody say something that's completely inappropriate, I'm never going to just sit there and not say anything. But at the same time, I'm always baffled by like when I interact with somebody and they just aren't nice. Mm -hmm. Like, and again, to be nice is very simple. And you've, and again, like what I said about you being intimidating, it wasn't that you were intimidating with what you were saying or doing. It was literally within the first second, you know, I saw, I just got intimidated. You were, you're gorgeous. And Mm -hmm. you, and you, and again, I think you had a presence and you also were at this fam trip that I was like, oh my God, everybody here is at least doing something good to be here. (laughs) And and the whole time I was like, how the fuck did I get invited? But uh, I think everybody probably thinks that though. Like, oh my God, how was I And maybe that's kind of like the solo spiral that we talk about where um, you know, I wish more of us talked a little bit about those kind of insecurities and fears. Now, um, what did you think is the biggest misconception about your business? Hmm. That's a great question. That we're making millions of dollars? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know. I mean, it, that I guess it would probably vary from like person to person yeah. that you'd ask. Yeah. I mean, that's a, and again, it's a very laborious job that we it is. do. It's, it's very time consuming. And it's emotionally taxing. So even yes. if we make, you know, great money or a good money on a, a, a great event mm-hmm. and it's still not, you know, billions and billions no. of dollars. No. And my, my favorite types of clients are the ones <clears throat> I call them old money. <laughs> um, like they work with interior designers. Cause that's kind of what I described like what we do. We are temporary interior designers yeah. and general contractors, yeah. but just like for a weekend totally. versus for, you know, yeah, but we work project. with them for a year. Well, yeah, well, not even now, actually. Now we were working with, I mean, like the shortest timeline I've had this year was three, four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I love those. Yeah, I do too. But then they're also, well, I think I have a hemorrhoid 24 seven. But anyway, Right. But like they make fast, you're like, you don't have time for, yeah, you know. Yeah, you don't have time just, for emotional yeah. decisions. You yep. just go, 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 go. Just go. Um, what really inspires you then? Like when you, when you design or when you kind mm-hmm. of create, where, where are you pulling your inspiration from? Really from the couple that I'm working with. Like yeah. I really feel like I try to get to know them. And really get a sense of like their vibe. And that's where I kind of create from. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that there are definitely like certain designers and planners that have like styles. And I think that's a great way to be, you yeah. know, if like you have a very specific aesthetic, that's, that's great. And people will seek you out because they also have that same aesthetic. Yeah. I don't approach it that way. I approach it from like the way, like the perspective of, I want to figure you out. Yeah. And maybe it's just because I'm interested in people. And psychology. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to figure you out. I want to get like your vibe. Like I want to hear the things that you're saying to me and show me some pictures, but not yeah. a lot. Don't show me Pinterest. Just show me like five photos. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I feel like I can get a sense of like their aesthetic That's and like amazing. what they're going to like. And then I design from, from there. Yeah. Yeah. Can you see my vibe? I obviously know your vibe. That's what why is we're my friends. Vibe? Tell me my vibe. It's very positive. <laughs> I love it. We're very positive vibes here. I mean, okay, so what is one thing that you're most excited about this year? Mm. <clears throat> um, There's just so many. She has there is so many. No, I feel like I actually had no weddings in Boston yeah. until recently when I put it out there in the universe and I was like I need a wedding near home yeah yeah you're um, tired <laughs> like, I'm like I love traveling but I can't travel that much yeah. so I put it out in the universe and naturally nice a week yeah. later I yeah. ended up with a wedding in Boston I truly believe that that happened. I do too Man- the power of manifestation is 100%. shockingly amazing but then I feel like if you're not specific mm. <laughs> there's been times that I like when I I did a wedding in Kentucky okay and uh, shout out to uh Maggie and Patrick, they were the most adorable couple. And um, they were, Maggie is uh, one of my best friend Haley's sister. Mm -hmm. And so I spent an amazing, like, what felt like a month, but I think it was maybe a week in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, you said it real. Yeah, I mean, and that's actually, because people are like Louisville, and it's like, no, it's Lowell. (laughs) Lowell. It's like you have to have a mouthful of something. And then I remember, uh, I mean, I just fell in love with, I don't even know where I was going with that story, but I, I absolutely manifesting. Loved, yeah, manifesting. And um, why the fuck was I going with that story? <laughs> Power of manifestation. 
I should you be careful of what you manifest. Oh, yes. Okay. Saying. So now that I had fallen, well, again, to cut all that out. Sorry, Brian. Um, now that, so then I did this one again in Louisville, Kentucky, and I was kind of manifesting that I wanted to move there and I wanted to live there and I like wanted to buy a home there eventually because I just had such an amazing time Mm -hmm. and like just felt so much love and again I think you know maybe it was kind of a a privileged experience because I came in with the family and so of course everybody was just kind of sharing love with me too because again I was I was like a planner from LA coming to plan this wedding and so I kept manifesting that like Louisville Louisville and so I ended up dating two guys right after that that were both from Louisville and I was like oh my god yes power of manifestation (laughs) but one ended up having cancer and then the other one was a top and I'm a top so then it didn't work so then I realized you really have to be specific you should be like from Louisville not a top yeah yeah (laughs) from Louisville not a top um I mean I don't mind cancer right but I feel like the cancer made it made it more of a complicated situation where I think um, he wasn't really wanting, he wasn't really ready for a relationship because sure. I think he was going through his own stuff. Yeah. Um, shout out to him. Aww. I'm not going to say his name. Of course not. But I think he's okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Let's, let's, I'm going to manifest that he's okay. Yes. Yeah. That he's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so to answer your question, yeah, I would just say like I, and this kind of harkens back to your very first question. Yeah. Like the thing that I think is really fun w- with our jobs, it's like, it's never the same. That's I'm so always true. going somewhere different. I'm always planning something at a different space. Yeah. Different state. I mean, I think that is, that's a lot about my ADD and my ADHD too. Oh, same. Okay. I think everybody in this industry has ADHD. <sighs> I mean, it, we have to, I know we really do. But then at the same time, I feel like I'm kind of addicted to it. Like I'm addicted to the constant change and rush to the point where like, I don't like to do the same wedding twice, mm-hmm. right? So, and again, there's a bunch of planners out there that do the same cookie cutter yep. thing and mm-hmm. they, you know, charge what they charge and, you know, and it's the same fucking boring ass design, but I don't want to talk shit, but it's the same damn thing. Over, yes. It's like the cascading yep. flat. It's like all the same. Mm-hmm. You use the same vendors, all the things. Um, n- no dig to them because, you know, get your money, get your hustle. But I would be so fucking bored. Yeah, I'm the same exact way. Yeah. And 100%. I, and, I, and again, I think I do have like a cohesive brand where my wedding and my events kind of have like a level of being refined but at the same time I do love to get to know my couples Mm -hmm. and I do love to make sure that their signature and their breath and their and their voice and their um, presence is is seen in 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 my designs but I totally agree with you I think that like I would be so fucking bored yeah but then I also had times are like man I would really enjoy not being in this anxiety (laughs) stressed out out at all times yeah I just had a wedding and it was raining again and mm-hmm. raining is rain is probably the toughest thing to for happen. you here in LA uh, yeah okay for us in New England we expect shitty weather okay so what what is a what is a challenging wedding day for you oh rain rain if okay the, but like not just rain but like a hurricane rain so I that, don't even understand what that means it is high winds your tent might fall down the tent like they the fire department might shut it down so you have to come up with a complete plan b so last labor day <laughs> this was fun so my my friend david chico who's an amazing designer shout in boston out to david shout out to david who's like my best friend but we also work together a lot because he's immensely talented had a great wedding together we had a custom tent made for this client at their Gorgeous. property on cape cod it was beautiful how much was it I'm not at liberty to say. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so, 
you know, leading up to this, we're like, okay, we're going to have the tent installed, da, 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 like multiple days in advance. So we're like staying in an Airbnb. <clears throat> Fucking tornado sirens go Ugh. off in the middle of the what night. What do tornado sirens sound like? Like, like scary, like, like sirens. A, yes. Like in a, like in the movie Twister. Same oh shit. Oh my gosh. The poor cow. Oh my God. I still, I cried. I still think part, about that. I literally, cr- I cried about it. I cried because <laughs> I had a doll named Mr. Cow. You were probably like 12 when it came out. I was like 30. <laughs> I was six. Um, no, I literally, that movie came out and I had it. I used to have a little doll named Mr. Cowie. Or oh cow. And, and, and then I watched this episode of Oprah where she went to a hamburger farm and mm. I like legit stopped eating hamburgers for six months, which is a huge amount of time for me to not have hamburgers. But I went to watch that movie. And when I saw that cow that was in the tornado, I got so sad. And it I was cried. very sad. So, so tornado sad. warnings are going off. Yeah. He and I like are at an Airbnb down the street from this person's house. We fly. <laughs> I had a bed. We're like, fuck. We go down there. Like the tent poles. No. If you know, like a sailcloth yeah. tent are flapping around. We're like, holy shit. Like, oh my God. Freaking out. Like the, thankfully the hurricane had, or the tornado had passed. It didn't hit us, but, um, there were still high winds and we were right so on the, it was crazy. a whole thing. So like, you just always have to be prepared for like yeah. that bullshit. If you're well, out East, what do you think is probably the best tip for you for any planner that's listening <laughs> in terms of weather that prepare yourself? Like, you just always have to have a plan B. Always a plan always B. Always a plan yeah. B. I mean, where we are. Yeah. I would imagine here in LA, it's like, I know we're a little privileged with our weather. Yeah. But at the same time, like I've, I did that wedding in Lova was during July oh, in the God, summer. I had never been in the South degrees. during the summer. It's that so was the awful. first time I could not take off my suit because yeah. my back was so wet. <laughs> I was so hot. We had to bring in like swamp fans to the tent. And we also brought in like air conditioning units to chill the florals that were underneath this church, uh, like, you know, recreational room. Yeah. And it was like a fully outdoor tent. But, um, that was a really hot, hot day. Yeah. Really hot day. So aside from wind and weather factors, what is one of the most annoying things for you on a wedding day? Annoying? Yeah. Are the vendors that don't read the fucking timeline I, or the production schedule okay. where I'm like, you've had this for weeks. Why are you all the coming up to me asking me things? The amount of time that we put into our timelines, <laughs> I... I'm a big font person. <laughs> I will go and make sure the text size fits. If it, if the word is important, I'll make sure it goes on the second row. And granted, I have sent some really shitty looking timelines because a timelines of a timeline mm-hmm. is also never in my favor. But I totally like, like I, I think read your shit. It's, but, it's like we'll answer 95% yeah. of the questions. But you know what I started me. doing? You can actually send emails when you send the timeline and you put at the bottom of the uh, timeline or you put like a secret little moment mm-hmm. or you put in the email like at the bottom of your email. You'll say like um, if you read the timeline, like look at page three and then respond back with the emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like though, like we shouldn't have to do that kind of shit. I know it's there's so, so much we shouldn't have to do. But, no, you know that's my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. I'd say because and, and like I've actually this year have been thinking about like putting it in my contract where you have to work with people that I recommend. Oh, like absolutely. there's no yeah, like exclusive. Yeah, the, there's no and it's not because I'm getting anything out yeah. of it. I'm not getting kickbacks. Well, or and that's another thing it's too. Just yeah, that, 
like the level of comfort I have yeah. that they're going to do their jobs. Well, and that's the thing is I think that people think when we like, and again, this is general public think that we, we again have this like backdoor deal mm-hmm. where we're making thousands of dollars. And again, there are, there are people that yeah, do that and there are commissions, but there also are rental commissions, which if anyone understands what a rental order how to manage a rental order to audit a rental order it is a taxing terrible thing that really isn't covered in the labor that we do right and so there are some planners that will collect the commission off of that Mm -hmm. i typically will gift it to my clients as a discount Mm -hmm. because again i'm a percentage-based planner it just feels more ethical for me Mm -hmm. but you know i i always think that's a very interesting thing too where the the one thing that I wish that we all understood is that your business and my business are different. And I think we need to be okay with the fact that your business and my business are different. Sure. We do offer the end result the same, but at the same time, our planning process is different. And that's something that I, for so long, like shamed myself about not being as good as, you know, this organized planner that I thought was going to be, you know, better than me. But then I also like, you know, when you go and look behind the velvet curtain, we're all just fucking trying our we're best. all just doing their best yeah it's true it is true it sounds like there's something you want to say <laughs> about like pricing i get very like heated about all let's talk about stuff. pricing <laughs> i kind of wish there was this industry standard though yeah well i mean we do have kind of an industry standard here no not where i am it's kind of all over the map okay so what is your industry standard or what would you say is like the, around the ester industry standard i mean there like there isn't one where yeah. i am um and the best way, like, I can kind of, like, relay information to client or potential clients is to just con- continue to just describe myself as an interior designer, yeah. but for a weekend. And yeah. I feel like once I say that, they're like, oh, okay. Makes more sense. And also, it kind of, like, um, bridges to the whole, like, I'm not going to give you four different photographers. Like, I'm not, this is not a dog and pony show. Yeah. <laughs> like, again... If I'm working with an interior designer, she's not going to be like, here are four electricians. Why don't you interview all of the electricians and let me know which one you like the most? Yeah. I'm like, that's stupid. Well, what's funny, though, is and maybe it's because, again, I I I I I think I am a little bit of a hoarder Mm -hmm. where I I do. I do. I do. I do present like five photographers, but it's because I also love so many different styles. And again, they're photographers that I've worked with and I have like great, great relationships with. But I do. And again, maybe it's also because my clients are all different. Are your couples pretty much the same? Do you know, like, do you think they they kind of a similar aesthetic or do you think? No, I think they're kind of all over the map. And I I take that into consideration with who I recommend. Yeah. Oh, okay, Got it. Yeah. So so, it's more so that you pair somebody perfectly to that couple. I try to. Yeah. And sometimes they're like, "Eh," you know, like we see one more. um, But. Like, I just don't want them to kind of go rogue and, like, yeah. start going down the going rabbit rogue. hole of, like, Instagram. And yeah. they're like, we found this great person on Instagram. Yeah, I'm like, oh, and you're God. like, that is, she has two followers. <laughs> she's taking a, she's taking pictures with a fucking disposable camera. Right. Or that's all Instagram like, filters. Or, like, are they, like, my cousin's a photographer? You know, like, the whole thing. Well, my first wedding, the bride hired a family member who was a photographer, and there was... Some drama there, but mm-hmm. luckily I had gone on Craigslist and found another photographer that was like Webfoot <laughs> Photography was actually their name. On so, Craigslist, yeah, and I and I offered like a free dinner for them to shoot the wedding. Do you know as that a backup photographer? Do you remember the Craigslist killer? No. Oh, maybe because you're out here. Anyway, there was a Craigslist killer in Boston like ten years, fifteen years ago. No. Yeah, he lived but in I the al- same apartment building as my friend. Well. 
funny enough, my first boyfriend was off of Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> no, this guy like actually like would hire escorts and kill them. And it was like a whole thing. And then they found out who he was. And then my friend and I were like, holy shit, he lives in the same building as you. This was like way before I was married and had kids. Wait, yeah, so lived in the same building? Yeah. I was like, I wonder if he was ever at the pool with us. <laughs> so anyway, Craigslist. This, this That's where my a, mind this goes. This became a dark, dark, dark conversation. Yeah, sorry. No, not at all. I love it. I love it. I mean, and that's the funny thing is we are in the industry of love, but we can get fucking dark. We can. We and see I think, a lot of weird shit. Well, I think that's the thing. Is I think it's very human of us to do that. And I think that's probably why we are the way we are and we do what we do is that we are very much a human to human business. And I think that that part is the magic that, you know, that you give and you share with people. You yeah. Know, it is an art. It is an art what you do. So funny enough, like even though you would have gone into the graphic arts or some sort of illustration arts, like you are in the arts. Yeah. I constantly think that we're artists. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like pulling it out of thin air mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and pulling out, you know, uh, yeah. like conversations with our clients. Amazing. Um, so we have a few, uh, like a minute or two left. Okay. Where can people find you? Where can they find me? Yeah. Um, my Instagram is Sarah Koval events underscore. Uh-huh. Um, Why underscore did somebody? Because take? a year ago, my Instagram account got like hacked. No. And shut down. Yeah. And you couldn't get it back. No. God, Instagram, get your shit together. I know. It was really bad. There's so many people that get hacked on Instagram. Really and they sucks. And it really sucks. And they need to get their shit together because Sarah... <laughs> I know your story. It's pretty fucked I up. Know. I was I was hacked for a long time, too. I'm actually having an IT person uh, come on uh, an episode to kind of talk through it and maybe heal me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so they can find me there. Also on my website, sarahkovalevents.com. Yeah. Well, I absolutely love this conversation. I feel like I can do this for another three hours, but <laughs> we're going to be late for dinner reservation. I know we will for another three hours, but <laughs> just at a restaurant. It'll be, that'll be the raw uncut episode. And if you pay uh, my Patreon, you can <laughs> listen to our IG live, but thank you so much. And I'm so happy that you're here and it's so great to continue our relationship. And thanks for so, having me. Uh, thanks everybody. Good night. Bye. <laughs> Ooh, wait, don't go yet. Make sure you subscribe and like and follow and transfer me via Venmo. Thanks for listening. <laughs>